0: All right. You know, let's just start off our prayer. It is a good day. Lord, we just thank you that, you know, we just thank you uh, just for the words that uh, you brought today. We just thank you for your presence here. We just thank you um, uh, for what you're going to do, Lord. Every time we come ready to receive, you have abundance of gifts for us, abundance of words for us, encouragement. So we just thank you, Lord, that we come ready to receive today. In Jesus' name. All right, I'm gonna get right into the word. So we're gonna to go to three John, verse two, and it says, "Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Prospers." It said it in there a few times. Do you guys? When you guys hear the word prosperity, do you think of money? That's what I think of. I mean, that's kind of what we've been taught like with the first thing that kind of when you hear prosperity you think oh money um, but in 3 John it says as your soul prospers you will prosper in all things that means there has to be more than just money and be healthy so money's a thing families ministries a thing you know our marriages there's something hopefully right we all have a marriage it's something um, fruits of the spirit Those are all things love, joy, peace, all of those. Those are things. So, you know, when I read 3 John, it says, if your soul prospers, you're going to prosper in all things. I want to prosper in all things. I want all of those things, especially the fruits of the Spirit. Like, I want to be, like, super joyful. Even, you know, even after I get up from a nap, I still want to be joyful. You know, after 9 o'clock, I'm very joyful. So I want to be prosperous in all things. And when I looked up the word prosperous, it means successful. So a lot of times we attach that to money. Um, No, I'm not teaching them. I'm not, you know, speaking on a money. This ain't a money message. This is a prosperity message. So uh, don't get all worried. Um, (laughs) But being prosperous means to be successful. You can be successful in lots of things right your marriage your family you know your job you can be you know you can be successful at a sport um, you can be um, successful uh, with friends you know you can be successful at church and your call there's i mean it's not just one area you can be a great go- joy giver um, and bringer, you can be a peaceful, you can be like really successful in bringing peace and being restful. So you could be successful in almost anything. And I want to be successful in all areas, not just one area. Um, I used to watch this show called House, did you guys see that? Where it's like, he was a really great doctor, but as a human being... Uh, you know, but he was so successful in one area that they let him act badly in every other area of his life. I don't want that. I don't want to go home alone and be like, "Well, nobody likes me." But you know, I'm a really good surgeon. You know, I'm also not a very good surgeon. <laughs> I don't. Th- the most I can do is take out a sliver, maybe, maybe. Um, so I want to be successful in more than just one area. So as our soul prospers. The rest of the things in our life begin to prosper. so soul prosperity is more important than receiving a blessing. I mean, if someone comes up and says, "I just felt the Lord, you don't want just me to give you a hundred bucks," that feels good, okay? But tomorrow I might need another hundred dollars, right? A blessing feels good. And he says, but soul prosperity is more important than receiving a blessing or raise or promotion at work. It's more, it's more important than having a specific prayer answered. Oh, because we think sometimes we go from like, I just need God to come through on this prayer. I just need, you know, God to take care of me in this. And he's like, yep, I am. But first, we got to work on something. We got to work on your soul. So, if our soul is kind is moving towards that wholeness of of growing and and um, getting healthy, even when we face those moments of uncertainty, even in that pain or the unresolved issues or trouble, um, we have this inner victory. You ever walk through something and you're thinking, I should be really scared right now, or I should be like really worried right now, but you're not. We kind of did that a couple years ago and we're like, We can't pay any of our bills and we sat in front of each other, it probably was five minutes and we just laughed. We're like <laughs> I don't know if it was because we were going crazy or because we had inner health of our of our soul at that time. I'm not sure which it was. Um, I'm gonna choose the latter, you know. I'm gonna agree with that. Um, but it does, it gives you this inner victory that brings long term positive results. It's not a quick fix. You know, getting blessed with $100, that's a quick fix. You can pay your bill that month. What God says, with inner victory, it will be month after month. It's a long-term thing. It's not a quick fix. It's not a short thing. It's not a miracle. You live in the abundance in every area of your life. And for those of you guys that you know don't know our our soul is our mind our will and our emotions so what we think about you know what we choose to do with our freedom and how we act and feel about things so that's what he's talking about your soul it's not your spirit your spirit doesn't need rest your spirit doesn't you know need it doesn't get overworked it doesn't get your spirit is from the lord and it's constantly ready to receive from him Always, always ready, um, so what do we do when our we just our soul feels weak our we feel tired or troubled uh, the the thing that has become more important than our soul, all the things around us, all the worries, all the um, you know responsibilities to become number one in our life and we've all had that the thing is we've all had that it's not like oh we're just holy my soul is like 100 percent, tip top all the time no we've all been there we've all been there where it's like oh i'm just exhausted from doing the right thing and never seeing the right answer i don't know what you guys but i do So there's no condemnation like, oh, she's talking about me. I'm talking about me, talking about me, talking about myself too. I've been there. I've had seasons that have been so dark. I've had seasons that I'm lost in my pain. I've had seasons where my mind got all messed up and I'm believing the lies more than I'm believing what God has said about me. I can be up here doing something. I could be going through a painful season or I could be going through a dark season. It doesn't mean that, you know, that I'm not, well, you're not holy because you're not doing it. No, it just means, oh, I forgot that, you know, my soul. I need to make sure that stays healthy. Because it's easy when everything's going on and it's busy to forget to take care of that. And hopefully you remember to put your pants on when you go outside. But how many of us remember to be like, fill our soul up in the morning? Please remember to put your pants on still, too. I mean, like, <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing to do. So a tired soul, what happens when you're told, if you're like, well, how do I know if my soul is like, eh? Well, when you have, like, a tired soul, you just see the negative in everything first. Like, everything is a problem, and you can't see any solutions, Like, you don't stop and think. You're like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do about this? Oh, my gosh, I got this in the mail. And, oh, it's bad news. And, oh, my gosh, they're laying people off at work. And, oh, my family is just, you know what, my kids are texting all the time. You know, I can't, they never look me in the eye anymore. Oh, my family's falling apart. What am I going to do? It's just one thing after another. You know, everything breaks down. You know you know when something breaks down, you just better get your checkbook out because five other things are coming (laughs) <laughs> they just all go in a row. You know, and it just seems like instead of we're looking at the negative and we're when we finally are like hitting the bottom we're looking and we're like looking around for where's the next blow coming from because we're looking to that negative. Our soul doesn't need to be like, "Hey, there's hope in this situation." We forget to look for that. We start looking for what's coming to knock us down. See, that's how we know when we're when we're tired. We've been a little our souls gotten a little troubled. When we get to that place, we get there because we maybe haven't renewed our mind. We haven't um, we haven't thought on the truth. Uh, when when things are good, we seem to spend less time with the Lord, don't we? It's easy. Guess what? when you don't need money to pay your bills, You're not asking the Lord for money to pay your bills, right? When you're healthy, you usually aren't thanking Him daily for your healing and for your health, right? When are you most apt to go to the Lord and be like, Lord, heal me. I'm sick, right? We're not thinking like... It says, um, when we pray a lot for our meals, the Lord says, when you pray over your food, it becomes health to your body. So when we're healthy... Like when we pray over our meals at home, we're like I, a lot of times I'll say, Lord, thank you for this food. Thank you that it is health to my body. Even though I'm healthy now, it's going to continue my health. That's how I. Can. but a lot of times when when things are going good, we forget to continue to spend time with the Lord. We forget to soak in his presence and just be with him and just begin to thank him and prepare and learn and grow for the next season that's coming because it's good. Yeah. You know, you always have people it's like well, life must be good. I haven't seen them in a while. And then they come knocking at your door, and you're like, oh, there must be tragedy going on. None of us have ever been those people, right? <laughs> I was that person before. I'm like, I wouldn't have been my friend. <laughs> oh, she's here. She's got an issue. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because we for- I forgot during all those times to continually, every day, wake up and fill up my soul. I just hear something and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. Everything's going to fall apart. And God's like, well, you know, I've been giving you the solution to that every day for the last six months. But you haven't heard me. You haven't sat down and talked to me about it. So before it even happened, I already had the solution ready for you. You know, in that really great season, is when we need to spend time with the Lord. When we're in this, like, it's so good. Like, everything's going right. You feel good. You're not waking up tired. You know, you have more than enough. You know, everything's going good. You're healthy. You feel good. It just seems like every time something comes up, God just, you know, throws out the answer, and here it is, and he takes care of it. Those of you that are not in a season like that right now, right now you're probably like, shut up. Right? Because it's really hard to hear about somebody who is in a good season when you're in the winter season and nothing's growing and everything's cold and dark and you can't see a way out. It's really hard to listen to someone, especially like, I ain't coming to church if they're in a good season because they're going to be preaching about all this encouragement and joy and I'm here and I'm hurting and I'm broken. I need to know how to get my soul to a place where I can rejoice. But those are the seasons when you're in that winter where it's cold and it seems like every decision I make seems to be the wrong one or everything I do I seem to be, you know, on the receiving end of everyone's anger, jealousy. You know, it seems like every decision that my boss makes, I'm on (laughs) the losing end of it or whatever, all the areas of your life, it seems like every time I come home, something breaks. Those seasons are when you need to say, Lord, I need time with you and I will make time no matter what. Because I need, I need you. Because that's when our soul, we get to those seasons, and we hadn't made time, all of the good seasons, and we get there, and our soul is like, I'm dying. Just it up. I can't breathe. You know? It's like, feed me something. You know what I mean? Yeah, Exactly. Because God is not preparing us for where we are now. He's not preparing us for where we were. He's always preparing you for where you're going. Always where you're going. He doesn't need to give you solutions to things you've already passed. He's preparing you for where you're going, not where you are. You're trying to use what you know for what you're in right now. And God's like, oh, I gave you that last season for this season. And what I'm giving you now is not for now. It's for the next season that's coming. Don't get too comfortable here. Oh, Lord just keeps saying, don't get too comfortable here. Oh, That's why I wear heels all the time and never get comfortable. I'm just joking. I actually like it. Um, so, and when we look at this, we have to, when, when our, our soul wants to respond in negativity, we have to realize that our response to things is more important than the thing. Your response to things is more important than the thing. You hear bad news, how you respond to it is going to t- decide how fast you're going to go through that. How well you're going to get through that. If you seem to be like, no one ever wants to talk to me, probably because you're negative nancy it around in a circle. And they're trying to get away. Like, I'm in this winter too, and if I hear your winter and my winter, and they come together, a blizzard is happening, and we're both stuck here. Like, I need to get out. Because how we respond to things is more important than the thing you're going through. Are you willing to, you know, yell at your spouse because you didn't like something they did? That could, you know, you start yelling and and screaming over something that doesn't matter. You know, like pushing in the drawers. See, God speaks to me, too. Like, is that going to matter tomorrow? I said, well, Lord, it is going to matter tomorrow when I run into that drawer with my shin. He's like, well, don't be walking there. I was like, oh. You know, little things like that. Do I need to, do I need, what am I going to do? My response to that, like, is that frustrating at times? Little things can frustrate us. I do a bunch of little things that are really frustrating. Like, growing up, you guys, I was an annoying child. Like, my siblings, I had... What they would call ADHD, but I don't receive that. I just call that the joy and energy of the Lord. Because you know what? I was a good kid, but man, I literally could just run around. I have this cool scar wait which knee on this knee, Because I used to think that I was um, I used to like be an animal all the time, and I'll run around. Well my mom sewer? Do we got anyone who sews in here? Okay, you have a sewing basket, right? And it has lots of what in it? Needles. Well, I was being a dog, and with my high energy and excitement, my siblings are like, oh, you're so annoying, the little things. You know, they used to get so mad at me. And so, like, they were like chasing me to stop. And so then I like squeeze through this little spot and I dump my mom's sewing basket. So my mom has, you know, a little, um, magnet, you know, and she picks all that up. Well, I still am not done being a dog. My siblings, it didn't matter. I have a lot of them. You know, they're yelling, Mom, make her stop. She's being loud. Ah, make her stop. She's running around. And so then I, you know, I'm like, ah, I'm barking at them. And I jump off the couch. (laughs) See, the joy of the Lord. That is like the energy. I was born with it. So I jump off the couch, and a needle goes right into my knee. Straight in there. It's pretty cool. So that's how I got that. Um, that was just a fun story that has nothing to do with my message. Um, but, you know, I just think sometimes we, we need to have that joy and we need to, um, you know, be healthy and and not uh, get so annoyed and the little things bother us so much. It's how we respond. You know, if my siblings wouldn't have responded that way, I would have got bored and went and done something else, right? But I'm like, oh, look at all this attention. They're yelling. They're complaining. They're chasing me. Now I'm a loose dog that the dog catchers are all after. They just don't know what they are, right? (laughs) See, that's how my mind thinks. It's awesome. So, you know, it becomes a game. You start chasing your kids, they're going to run. It's the way it is. So it's how they respond. If they would have just ignored me, see, this is my sibling's fault. Siblings, if you hear this, all of you. Anytime. You know, it's their fault I had that happen to me because if they just would have stopped chasing me and responded differently, this would have never happened. <laughs> so, okay, let's go on. Oh, all right. So, those negative reactions, the fear, jealousy, the anger, manipulation, they'll get you short term results. You know, my kids. My husband rarely ever yells. So sometimes he'll be like, I don't know if I can do it. Let's see. Hey! You know? (laughs) And uh, when they were little, they just burst out in tears. You know, like, Dad yelled. Oh, my gosh. We're going to. You know, I could probably yell all day long. And they'd be like, oh, that's just mom. White noise, guys. White noise. (laughs) But Dad, he gets that momentary that lasted, you know, a second. And then they realize, You know, dad's all the way in the other room. I could still keep this behavior up for a little while longer before he reaches me. So there's that instant, like, oh, I'm kind of scared, but I also can run, you know, and I can get away. So all of those negative reactions, the fear, the jealousy, manipulation, that's a quick fix, but you're going to need to do something in another minute. You're going to need, you're going to need something again and again and again. It's just short term results. And, they, and it leads to that inner weakness, and it leads to that poverty in your spirit. It drains your spirit. If you're constantly having to remember which manipulation you used on which child or which person, that's exhausting. How can your soul not get tired? If you're constantly being jealous of, of somebody, you know, I've had a few people be jealous of me. I know you guys are pretty awesome, but... Um, because laugh at that. You can just laugh at that. <laughs> it's true, but, I mean, you can still laugh at it. Um, but something I heard, it said, it's so sad when someone's jealous of you because they actually believe you're better than them, not you. They believe that. So they've believed that, believed that lie. So all of those negative reactions, they're the ones living in that, right? Yeah. You're not like, I'm better than you. They feel that. That's why jealousy is in that negative that negative um, reaction, you know, that fear, you know, anger. We might be able to get places with anger. We think that, you know, using our hands and our fists are going to help us. But it's never long-term. might get you out of a situation for a little bit. But you'll probably li- wind up in the same situation again. Um, so, basically, our future is largely dependent on increasing and prospering our soul. So I'm going to zip over to Psalms 42. If you want to go there with me, you can. And I'm going to read in verse 5. Where are we? Okay. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So he's talking to his soul. He's like, what is wrong with you? Why are you so sad? Why are you always down? Why are you depressed? What is so disturbed inside of you? You know what you need to do? You need to stop doing what you're doing, and you need to praise the Lord. You need to praise the Lord. Whatever you're doing, whatever your mind is thinking on, you're going to come to a halt, and you're just going to praise the Lord. Because that's not getting you anywhere. Your emotions, you need to drag them back in. He's basically talking to his soul and saying, your emotions, no. Go back and bring it to the Lord. See, just that little scripture, you don't think it, you just read it and you're, you know, when most people read it, it's like, we're just kind of reading it. But he's talking to his soul. This isn't, and he's saying, you're going to listen and you're going to put your hope in the Most High God. The Spirit's already lined up. You know, I'm working on the flesh. You get in line too. So, if my soul is tired and I've been running, you know, thoughts over and over in my mind, anyone else do that? You run scenarios and thoughts and things you're going to say and do over and over in your mind, but you never see that person that you were going to say that stuff to? God's really good at that. You know, it gets tiring. We're trying to figure out if I would have just said this, if they would have said this, said that. I could have stopped it if I didn't do this, if I didn't say this. You know, I put my foot in my mouth and I could, you know, I could have fixed it if I just. And pretty soon your soul is like, this is exhausting. They don't even know that you did that because you know what? They were more focused on themselves at that moment. <laughs> How many of you guys have done, like thought you did something to someone? And then when you talk to them, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Or you think someone's whispering about you or talking about you, and they're like, "Uh, actually, I was just saying that, you know, their fly was down. No big deal. (laughs) But we think, oh, they're talking about us. (laughs) And our soul's like getting all like, oh my gosh, getting all troubled. When we stretched ourselves, you know, trying to do things out of the will of God for our lives or to take things on that we were never created to do, I know you guys never do that, but I've done that. So about four or five years ago, when we started church here in this building, um, you know, we were a little smaller, and but we still had kids. Kids, I love kids, okay. But you know, I just never really felt called to young children. I loved teenagers. I loved adults. Um, probably because my family told me that little kids were annoying. I don't know why, but <laughs> they just. <laughs> They told me that, like, every day of my life growing up. I can't even, I'm trying to think of, like, a time where they didn't say that to me. Oh, love it. Um, but I went, so we needed someone for Children's Church, and we're up here preaching, and I'm doing youth, and, you know, coming and setting up, and I'm um, doing all this, you know, stuff, and nobody, everyone's like, well, that's not my call. So guess what? What I do? What do you guys think I did? I went into children's church. Okay? You guys, and I've worked nursery for years. I've worked children's church. I've done youth. I've done welcome. I've done offering. You know, I've cleaned toilets. I've done every job God has given me in a season. But I can't do all of the jobs every season. So, I went into children's church, and it just was... You guys, I was like, oh, my gosh, these kids are annoying. We had, like, two kids, and I'm just like, go play. go play. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be here. I don't feel called here. Like, I am not supposed to be here. So it lasted about three weeks, and I went to Jade, and I said, I'm not supposed to be here. I know this puts you in a bind. Then you need to pray and ask God who's coming in because I'm not supposed to be here, and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do being here. (laughs) I did a lot faster than I did numerous times in the past, but I looked and I said, "No, now listen. I'm not saying that because you don't like something, God's not calling you. (laughs) Don't use that, okay? Just because I didn't really enjoy the little kids at that time doesn't mean God wasn't calling me. Because you know, the job that I worked, I worked with small children for ten years, and He had me there for a reason in that time. Just because I wasn't like, oh, I just love little kids, I want to be around them all the time. Now I love babies." They're adorable. You know? Little kids, they were me. And like 30 me's running around. Guys, I I think this. Boom! Yeah, you know? So I'm like, I know what they do. I know how they think. I know if I chase them, they're going to run more. So I was like, and God's like, well, I'm going to put you there in a job. So just because I didn't didn't like it. Doesn't mean God didn't call me. He's like, well, you're going to do this for a season. Okay. But when I went there, God said no. And I did it anyways. You know? So then I was like, oh, I hate this. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to get out of here. Why? Why don't Matt stop talking? We're in here. Why are they doing such long worship songs today? That's when the kids went from the beginning, you guys. And I was like, oh, these kids, they got to go to the bathroom. When are we going to have snack? They're sneezing all over the place. And I'm like, I already do this during the day, Lord, during the week. Why would you put me here? He's like, I didn't. And I was like, oh, man. You know, sometimes God will grace you for seasons and places that you didn't really want to do, but God's like, you know what, they need help. I need help in this area. Just make sure that even though it may not look like your call, God may be using it. Just like Joseph, he had to spend time with his dad and he had to spend time in the pit and he had to spend time in the prison and the palace and as a leader, okay? I don't think he wanted to be in the pit or the prison and even the palace when he was a servant. He was, he was the baby of the family. We're used to getting what we want when we want it all the time. The baby of the family. You know, it's just the way it is. And when something doesn't go right, you know, that's when he was like, oh, they must be joking. They would never do that to me when he's in the pit, you know. And, but that is what that thought process of we need. Sometimes God will call us to different areas to grow us, to bring us into that call. Where we have to look at it is, um, it's just don't stay somewhere or go somewhere that God didn't tell you to go. And when he says, so then you're somewhere also, no, when he says move, do it. Don't wait for the second or third eviction notice from that place. It gets more and more uncomfortable when you stay somewhere longer than the Lord told you to stay. So I thought, you know, this, wouldn't, this isn't really fair to Jade. I can't just, but the Lord's like, stop. So I was like, I'm sorry. You're going to just have to do this. But, I mean, look what God's done, you know. There's a lot of people who work um, in our children's now because that's really important. I want you guys to realize that is the most important is our kids learning and knowing what God says about them and who they are. It is so important. I don't want them sitting here and being like, I'm just, um, you know, this is boring. Church is boring, and I can't wait until, you know, I get older and I'm not going anymore. That's what happens when you're little because they're not mature enough to understand what we're saying, you know, on that level. They are mature in their spirit. They can mature in their spirit, but we've got to bring it down and, and, and grow them. So in church is amazing, but when God says it's time to move, it's time to move. Otherwise, you get, begin to get that trouble in your spirit or in your soul. So our soul is kind of troubled when we lose the identity, when we don't know who I am because I've been believing lies you know I thought that I was a um, nervous child I was a rowdy child you know I um, had a temper like all of these things that they said about me and then I thought when I look back I'm like you know I was actually a really soft person like you know I'd, like cry if like a bug got squished or you know what I mean things like that and I thought I wasn't who I really was But, see, we begin to believe the lies. You know, maybe we never really knew who God created us to be. Or maybe people have told us things over and over. I loved um, Veggie Tales. I used to watch all the time with my kids. And there was this one called The Snoodle's Tale know if you guys have saw but it's about this it's like a Dr. Susie type of thing and there was this little teeny snoodle and he had all these big ideas you know but he had like he just didn't have everything that everyone else had and he's like I'm amazing it's so good you know like my creator created me and all the other snoodles came and they were bigger and stronger and they're like that's not who you are and they would draw a picture of something bad about him and they put it in his backpack and they put it in pretty soon he was so weighed down and when he got to his creator, he's like, what's wrong? And he's like, well, this is who I am. He's like, oh, no, that's not who you are. And he took it all out. And then he showed them this beautiful mural of who he was. He's like, this is who you are. See, that's what people sometimes they do to us because people are doing it to them. And they begin to, to our soul gets troubled because we don't have an identity. We begin to pick up the identity that people have put on us. And we begin to believe, you know, I'm not really worth it. You know, I'm not that valuable. You know, I'm not that important. You know, I'm not a very good person. I'm kind of mean or whatever. And we start to believe it. That's why it's so important to be in God's word, to be with him in those times. And just say, you know, I need to spend time soaking. Because God is the only one that knows your true identity. All of your identity. Everything. He's the only one. If you want to know it, you've got to spend time with him. Just sit with him. You know, he's gonna, he's gonna give you an amazing word. So, if we've been running, chasing that dollar, chasing success, you know, worrying about being taken care of, becoming overwhelmed, you know, you get worn down, weak, so that your soul begins to be on autopilot. You guys ever do that? Like, you're just so used to getting up in the morning. You do this, this, and this. You could do it, you know, with your eyes shut. Well, our souls begin to do that. Like, I just can't take this anymore. And it just shuts down everything around it. And it just becomes this autopilot. Doing, you know, you do everything you know you should do, but you don't really want to do it. I know none of you guys ever felt like this. There were seasons I didn't want to get up for church. I wanted to stay in bed. Sunday morning. Come on, Lord. Snowstorm. I know, it's just me. You guys are super holy. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing what you know you should do, but you don't really want to, or you don't believe it. It doesn't matter, you know, what you do, because that's what others expect. You're just doing what others expect, and in your soul, you don't even believe it. Like, well, I know I should believe in healing, but you know what? I know I'm not getting healed. I don't really believe in that. I haven't seen it enough with my eyes or whatever, and we start to be like, you know, oh, it's such a great day. It's so, you know, we just start to say the things we know people want to hear from us. Like, you you should know the etiquette. When you pass in a grocery store and someone says, hey, how are you? Nice to see you. And you're supposed to say, good. Have a good day, right? You don't want someone to stop you when you're getting your bread and be like, you know, to tell you the truth, I've just been really struggling. you would be like, you know, we're in public. Everyone can hear. You know, they start crying. You know, it gets messy, and you're like, oh, please just keep walking. Because our soul's on autopilot, and we don't want to deal with that. We can't help someone in that brokenness when we're, like, you know, dry. It becomes Every time we respond in a negative way, it puts our, we put ourselves down. We get in that autopilot on our lives. We become overwhelmed to too too overwhelmed to deal with trouble. You know, the emotions we're creating, you know, create lack in our soul where we become weak and sick. We read in John, if our soul is sick, then our body gets sick. It says, if your soul is prospering, you're going to be what? Healthy. Healthy. So, man, so we think, well, how we feel... Our thought process can't affect our physicalness. What about things like depression and stress and fatigue? They all come from sickness. And what does that come from? What we think on, how we're feeling, right? Those are real. That's what God is talking about. He's saying when our mind starts thinking on all of these things and not on what, what what I said to think on, on what is good, what is pure, what is righteous, you know, all of those things... This is what begins to happen when our soul is not prospering. It's hard to see victory in anything. It is hard to see victory in anything, you know. And when you see victory in someone else's life, are you excited for them, or are you like, Phew. well, you know, they don't actually really know what it's like. You know, they've had an easy life. Yeah. Just because people don't shout it from the rooftops doesn't mean. That their life has all been, you know, rainbows and roses. So if you have a hard time, you know, having joy with other people, seeing victory in your life or other people's life, you might need you might need to, you know, get a little doctoring of your soul. If you believe the mindsets that, you know, I'll never be good enough, you know, they'll always pass me over, you know, for this or that, you might need a little doctoring in your soul. Our prosperity in life, our health, it increases in direct proportion when our soul increases, our soul prosperity. So you don't have to worry about all the other things. I mean, how many guys, I mean, wouldn't it be great to have just one thing you have to focus on? Yeah. You do. You actually only have one thing you have to focus on. Because soul prosperity brings that inner faith, that hope, that love. In Romans fifteen thirteen, it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, hope. You're going to get filled up. When you're feeling down and someone, someone's like, you know what? It's coming to an end. Good things are coming. You grab that word and you're like, I'm putting that in my pocket. I need that. i got to hold on to it. It's the only thing I can see. May the God, our God, the God, our Father fill you up. You have to get filled. So if you're like, I need a little doctoring, you have all of the tools to do the doctoring. The Word of God. You need some doctoring. Spend some time. Say, you know what? I know I want that extra 15 minutes of sleep, but I'm going to get up 15 minutes early because my soul needs some doctoring. Because everything else in my life is not prospering at that moment. You know, I need to first look at my soul. God says it will come. And I'm not saying everything's going to be perfect all the time. But God's saying, first your soul Feed your mind with good thoughts, good ideas, ones that have hope attached to them. If you have an idea and you can see no hope, throw it back and tell the Lord, you know what, don't bring that back around to me till you bring it with some hope. If there is no hope attached to a situation, go back and say, this isn't from the Lord. Because he has hope attached to every situation he brings to you. Do things. Be part of something. Don't wallow at home all week and then show up on Sunday and think, I'm going to have amazing connections and relationships with people. You're not. You have to continue. You have to do something. If you want to have relationships, if you want to be connected, you have to connect. You have to do something. That is your will. You get to choose that. Do something that makes your soul happy. Serve. Give. Love. Encourage someone. Do something. You have free will. You choose what you're going to do. You guys love giving, if you're a parent, you love giving gifts to your kids. When you give something to someone, doesn't it like, it's so big, it's so awesome, you get excited, do something, make your soul happy. Let your emotions be your help and not your leader. They are to help you, not to lead you in your decisions. If you go to sleep, you know, if you haven't got much sleep, it's probably not the time to talk to your spouse about, you know, big issues that you have coming up, okay? It's not the right time. So you tell your emotion, sit down. We're going to get some rest. We'll talk about this in the morning. I'm just going to finish with what I started with in 3 John. It says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Good times, hard times, it doesn't matter. First, we have to have our soul. We need to prosper in our soul. Refresh it. So I'm going to close in prayer.